This is garage. Nope. Not ready. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you GL Podcast number 157, May 13th, 2019. Back in uh, 1961, if you had Aquaside at your lakefront property, you were swimming on this day. It was 90 degrees. In 1946, it was 28 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. The world has lost Doris Mary Ann Kappelhoff, otherwise known as Doris Day. Doris Mary Ann Kappelhoff was uh, the name she was born with. She died at the age of 97. See the USA in your Chevrolet was the first thing that came to my mind. That was part of her campaign? That was, uh, didn't she have a variety show, Johnny? She did, yes. And I guess Chevy was the big sponsor. See the USA in your Chevrolet. And then she was in films with uh, with Cary Grant and, and Rock Hudson, Pillow Talk, That Touch of Mink. Then she had uh, some really bad songs, I thought. Well, whatever will be, K Sera Sera. You, yeah. you ever heard Sly and the Family Stones version? No. Is it amazing? Neat? Is oh, it? it's amazing. Really? Yeah. Really? Amazing as hell. Could you put her success, place her success in terms of today, who would be an equivalent star? Well, during it's, that time? It's, it's an interesting question because I have some deep thoughts about uh, Miss Kappelhoff. Okay. Uh, the way I would ask the question is who today is willing to be packaged and marketed and promoted as such a wholesome right. person. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kim Kardashian. No. no. Yeah. Nobody. The first conversation John and I had this morning was we were trying to name her serious roles because she does kind of play in the positive, upbeat, charming, funny roles. She was the daughter of a music teacher and a housewife. Uh, she dreamed of a dance career, but at age 12 she suffered a crippling accident a car she was in was hit by a train, and her leg was badly broken. Listening to the radio while recuperating, she began singing along with Ella Fitzgerald, trying to catch the subtle way she shaded her voice, the casual yet clean way she sang songs. So then she started singing on a Cincinnati radio station, then a local nightclub, then in New York. A band leader changed her name to Day after the song Day After Day to fit on a marquee. Hmm. She was married at 17 to trombonist Al Jordan, but he beat her when she was eight months pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, she, you know, she's packaged as this, the, the wholesome, right. honey smile, voice, early whites. blonde, and she had a hell of a personal life. How do you wow. throw hands at Doris Day? Yeah. My God. She gave birth to that son that she was pregnant with, Terry, in early 1942. Her second marriage was short-lived. Or short-lived. I don't, I've never been sure. Is it short-lived or short-lived? I would say lived. Uh, her Hollywood career began when she sang at a Hollywood party in 1947. Uh, she was a band singer at Warner Brothers. She won notices uh, all, all over the uh, entertainment industry. She was in Alfred Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much. I was just looking at that one. Yeah, yeah with... Uh, James Stewart. Right, right. Uh, they were an innocent couple ensnared in an international assassination plot. That she sings K Sera Sera is in that film as the uh, film reaches its uh, uh, climax during Denouement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her greatest uh, success came in the uh, comedies, I guess, with Rock Hudson, Pillow Talk, and 
and uh, love her come back. Mm-hmm, the yeah. thrill of it all. Uh, that was with James Garner. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to find about or is about her TV show. Uh, she had uh, didn't she have two of them? I think she had a uh, variety show at one point, and then she had a sitcom. I'm unaware crazy of the, Doris. I'm it? unaware of the sitcom, but this this long obit, uh, I, I'm sure I you know I should have gone to the New York Times because they do have great obits. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Doris Day the, Show. This is from the TV show. The Doris. <laughs> yeah, the Doris Day Show uh, here is called only a moderate success in its 1966 to 73 run on CBS. I thought she was on in the 50s. No, the 60s. The, the, really? I've seen the sitcom. They used to rerun on occasion in different places. Okay, wait now. So the Doris Day show was a moderate success in its 1966 to 73 run. That must have been the sitcom. Right, that's the okay. sitcom. I, yep. I can find nothing about her uh, variety show, which I, I'm going to get back to Rookie's question. I don't think anyone today could rival her in her popularity. Okay. I don't know who that would be. She uh, she. She owned television. You make a really good point, though, about the wholesomeness. No, they all want to be bad. All the up-and-comers want to have the, the bad side woman not was, be. Uh, in one of the obits, it was a great uh, quote from Oscar Levant, the pianist. And, mm-hmm. uh, he said, I knew Doris Day before she became a virgin. Which, really? Which really. is just She said in interviews that you know people think I'm... What I'm not, I, I said. She said I would not ever recommend that people get married without first living together. Right. Wow. You know, she she was uh, she was uh, obviously her public persona was carefully arranged. That uh, son Terry you talked about, yeah. you know who that is no Terry Melcher. Okay, Terry who's Melcher. a big record producer right. Oh. Right. and the guy that rejected Charles Manson and who lived in the house that Sharon Tate was at when Charles Manson went there. Melcher produced the Birds. Paul Revere and the Raiders. You're kidding. Wow. No. Oh, what a great piece and, of trivia. Uh, Melcher so, so went out to the Spawn Ranch with the Manson family and saw Charlie get into a fight. Didn't like the way he acted at that point. Got ties with him, and Charlie was Charlie was angry about that. Well, I'm going to give you that right here. Huh. Uh, her marriage to Terry Melcher. Uh, she married Melcher, who worked in her agent's office in 1951. He became her manager, and her son took his name. Uh, in her autobiography... Day recalled her son, Terry Melcher, telling her the $20 million she had earned had vanished and she owed around four hundred and fifty grand, mostly in taxes. And in 1974, Day won a $22.8 million judgment against Jerome B. Rosenthal, her lawyer and business manager for mishandling of her and Melcher's assets. Wow. Terry Melcher died, John. Yes, he's he been died dead in for 2004. A while. Yep. He became a songwriter and record producer, working with such stars as the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. But he was also famous for an aspiring musician he turned down, Charles Manson. When Manson and his followers embarked on their murderous rampage in 1969, they headed for the house once owned by Melcher and instead came across, uh, came upon actress Sharon Tate and some visitors, all of whom were killed. Wow. She died in Carmel, California. And in her later years, she devoted pretty much of her life to animal yeah. rights. Mm. Okay, so uh, her name was Doris Mary Ann Kappelhoff. Kappelhoff, German. Mm-hmm. How is everybody? Uh, uh, Friday was wonderful out yeah. at uh, uh, Grundhofer's. 
uh, including a visit towards the end from the Unabomber. Did you hear the uh, explosion at the end of the show? That was Spencer going out back with a half stick of dynamite. Yeah, that was orchestrated. He told me that after Scared the, fact. the hell out of all of us. Uh-huh. He said it was fireworks, and he, he uh, showed me, he kind of described it to me. It's about the size of a football. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that thing went boom. That was I, cool. I went in to get my supplies before I left. The line was around the, the little island and out the door. Of G. Others trying you to get their punch, stuff. Did you? No. Jim Wolf of St. Paul writes, I uh, I signed on to the Facebook to get a small sample of the show. I prefer to stay in the habit of listening to the audio version only, but I had to get a look. My very first observation, Joe, you were disrespected greatly. And from the looks of it, I would guess it was on purpose. Please look at the picture below of the five of you. I have noticed you specifically have been in a battle with the legs of the two tables in front of you that have been pushed together. It is commonly known as the worst possible spot to sit and is always reserved for the losers, losers, not the mayor. Your legs and feet are always bumping into the table legs. You trip over them when you get out of your chair. You cannot pull your chair all the way in, resulting in not being completely comfortable. I could go on and on. I am uncomfortable for you. The others are sitting in their comf- uh, sitting there comfortable without a care in the world while you struggle with the damn table legs. Push back. Always looking out for you, board member of the Royal Order of the 21sters. By the way, how did you pull off the special appearance of the Unabomber, Jim Wall St. Paul? <laughs> well, the Unabomber owns the place, and uh, apparently, uh, you know, you're just far enough out there in Hugo where you can get away with shooting off a half a stick <laughs> of dynamite. God's I viewed the picture that was uh, accompanied that email, mm-hmm. and I showed it to my family, and they we all agreed unanimously, you looked... Uh, you looked like the the least important person on this broadcast. You were you were huddled in like this. You were in between, and it wasn't by here. It is. Yeah, yeah I got the huddled look. He looks like he looks like he's squished in. Oh, and squished we're all in. Sitting here saying we got all the real estate we what want. What I did love too is the Facebook Live video did have the post directly in front of Joe's face. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, uh, Kalen was out there. Kalen Bloom of, from EcoFund Motorsports yes. in Forest yes. Lake. Uh, she is. Uh, she's about fifteen or sixteen, but she is really, really an expert on uh, e- e- electric assist bikes. And she had exactly. two of them there. Mm-hmm. One of which you rode and loved it. Yes, they were both Bintellis, the kind I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I just need to square away some time to get up and see Tim. EcoFun is in downtown Forest Lake. Can't miss them. Quality, affordable scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, electric bikes, youth snowmobiles, ATVs, side-by-sides. But these electric bicycles, you owe yourself a favor. You need to check these out, especially when you've got the achy uh, knees. Uh, you Five assist levels. Mm-hmm. How many did you get to, I wonder? I went up to three because I was too afraid I was going to go too fast and crash. <laughs> Stop there. They'll let you take one for a test drive. Uh, it was. It really was a unique bike, and you did not feel out of control. That would be my only concern. Would I be out of control on an electric bike? You have full right. uh, power there. No other store offers this on-floor display of electric bikes that compares uh, to what you're going to find at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you're not going to pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at standard bicycle shops. So uh, find out more at EcoFunMotorsports.com. Say... Uh, I got a note from Chuck Fairbanks who sent me the picture of the 1959 Pontiac ambulance that the uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation oh, uses. Yeah, okay. he said he thought you'd enjoy this. Yes, it's a 59 Pontiac ambulance, and it's pink and white. That, that must be the one that uh, the gang down in Madison, Wisconsin uh, what's uses. What's her name? Annie, Annie Gaylor. Gaylor. When they raced to the scenes of uh, 
uh, the humiliating uh, uh, notion of a cross dedicated to a war vet, for example. Should call it, this should be somehow the offense machine. Or what was somehow. it? I want to look that up and see a picture. What was it? 1959 Pontiac Ambulance. And uh, we've assigned that as the food. As the food. We've assigned that as the vehicle that the Freedom From Religion Foundation requests. Jordy notes, uh, sometimes words fail me. Uh, did you see who the city of St. Paul has signed on as a uh, sister city? I have. Mogadishu. Yeah. You want to take a road trip? Um, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you know? This is what they're working on. And do you know that you can't go to Mogadishu because there's a travel ban? <laughs> so they have signed a pact with Mogadishu as a Honestly. sister city, and there's a no travel ban to Somalia. And aren't people continuing to this very day to flee that country in droves? Yes. Those people next to you on 94, the people downtown, everywhere. Isn't that the uh, home country of Ilhan Omar? Some, I be, yes, it is. Somalia? It is indeed. Mogadishu. Yeah, let's all go over there. Wouldn't that be fun? When can yes. we go? Well, we can't right now. We can do a yeah. show. A yeah. live podcast. <laughs> can we go to Maui instead? Yeah, I, I would prefer Maui. I'm looking at this ambulance, Joe. It looks like the one in Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. cool. And Rook, uh, uh, Sam Gare in uh, Highland, Wisconsin, uh, said he was in Annapolis, Maryland, next to the historic Ram's Head Tavern, and there's a big photo of, uh, or a, a, a big uh, photo there of a vintage Rookie's Meats. Really? There it is. Used, to, used to play, have a place in Annapolis called Rookie's Meats. Wow. A relative of mine. I wonder if it's still running. No, it's, I don't think so. You said that's I a bet historic. it is as good as Grunhofer. So the tradition. name Rookie runs in the family, then, mm-hmm. is what you're yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. It pretty much does. I get you. Well, we've got a lot to do today, including maybe the most incredible uh, windmilling alert uh, to ever come across our desk. We'll be back. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I I need to get two things off my chest regarding my beloved newspaper industry. Okay. Uh, The first, uh, uh, I'm going to read an email from Tom Coleman, who says, Joe, uh, came across this Sunday morning on the Internet. Another example of reporting isn't what it used to be. And he's referring to a picture. I had the same thought Sunday morning. He's referring to a photo in the Pioneer Press of a woman holding up a carp. Uh, the only photo that accompanied the Minnesota fishing opener story. And she's holding a carp. Okay. There was no claim by the newspaper that she was holding a walleye. but So they just went to the file and pulled out no, a photo? No, no, it was... It was it was it was a fresh photo, oh. but it was a it was an awkwardly taken photo of a woman holding a carp. <laughs> it's the fishing opener. Find somebody that got a bleeping walleye, right? right. right. Anything, a perch would I have got been one. better. What's that? A carp? All right. Here, this didn't come through on the printer, but she's she's over here holding a carp. Unbelievable. Well, well what what's the deal here? I, I don't understand. Uh, and he, Tom writes, uh, the gal, for one thing, is not holding a walleye or a pike, which are the main fish for the opener. Second is you write an article about walleye fishing, but use a carp, which you can fish for year-round, as the photo. Maybe I'm overreacting to this. But then again, I'm someone who goes fishing every weekend at our cabin in Brainerd, but skips the opener due to all the rookies at the launches and uh, on the lake. Yeah. Reporting was close on this one, but not close enough. A carp. A How carp. many people do you think caught that? 
Oh, uh, most people. I think everybody. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone oh, yeah. that would bother to to read the first few paragraphs of the fishing opener story is at least interested enough to know what a carp is. Right. So would they, the uh, did they, they didn't acknowledge their what I would call a mistake in today's. Yeah, I would uh, say it's a mistake. Would, did they acknowledge that in today's paper? Uh, no, no, not that I'm aware. Would of. Would they have to <laughs> offer a redemption? <laughs> now, now I, I have a bone to pick with the Star Tribune, the uh, otherwise known as the Enemy Paper, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but. Quite routinely, they will have a feature story on a very expensive house for sale, usually on, in the western suburbs. Okay. And today's is $6.5 million estate comes with panoramic view of Wyzetta Bay and a tunnel. The vintage home on Lake Minnetonka also has a private tennis court and 210 feet of sandy shoreline. Nice. It's being sold by the Shute family. Uh, they uh, bought it in 1965. It's gorgeous. It's a, it's from the thirties. Okay. My, my question is, why does, why do the owners of $6 million places get free publicity yeah. to sell their house? Good marketing. I, I don't, uh, am I reading too much into this? No, not at all. Who knows who is my question. How did that, how did that happen? But this, this is happening routinely. Yeah, I, I see it. on. And it's usually with a Minnetonka house. I, would I be yes. too cynical to say that this is the Star Tribune's way of shaming wealthy people? <laughs> Look at this guy. He's selling oh. a six and a half million dollar house. No, I thought of it as quite the opposite, where they just go through the real estate listings Maybe and that's it. find well, a grandiose house. And, and that's where I was going. There. Yeah, that's where I was going, Kenny, because it almost, online anyway, they have almost a featured uh, piece of property yeah. of the week or what have okay. you. Okay, but why? There's nothing in it for the newspaper. Public Cl- interest. Clicks. I guess. I, yeah, because I, I love looking at Lakeside Mansions on Lake Minnetonka. Right. I, I, I would click on that. This is, is a hell a, of a house. Is it a lot different, though, from, I know we both love the mansion section of the Wall Street Journal? My Yeah, the, yeah. the Wall Street Journal on Fridays has a section called Mansion. Yeah. But I, I think I've shared with you my theory of that. Yeah. That's just people at the Wall Street Journal knowing that they're doing something so over the top and they're <laughs> having fun with it. Because every... every article in the mansion section is about a you know a 28 million dollar yeah. penthouse in right. new york or a 58 million dollar ranch yeah. available in idaho or and it's just actor who wants just, to get rid of it's just know. fantasy it's just a fantasy section i think that's i think if you could get the wall street journal people to be candid with you they would say we know this is just candy for people <laughs> right i don't think they're expecting people to uh Run That's out how and they're going to spend fifty-eight million dollars for the ranch, but for us, for us common folk, it's a really fun. I would click on that as, every was, time. as was this article in the Star Tribune. But you are a leg up in the real estate market when the state's yeah. biggest newspaper gives you a big spread, right. knowing that people are going to look at it. You guys ever see the outdoor sections in the uh, uh, in the strip? I believe it's on Thursday where they feature a cabin. Friday, it's on Friday. Fridays. Yeah, that's so favorite section. That's of my, my that's my. Favorite I, I read section. that too. I love but that's that not, cabin That's story. different than this. This is this is given it, free publicity it seems to like a sale. It's, it's the opposite. But yeah, that's free publicity well, as they, far as I'm concerned. And what are they going to do? They're not going to put some guy's two bedroom rambler in in Brooklyn Park. They're not going to do a feature on that. Uh, well, they're welcome to come over to my house. You're, 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 uh, <laughs> you're missing the you're, you're missing the point. No, uh, I nailed it. No, <laughs> no, you're making the presumption. That uh, that the newspaper uh, has as as it as part of its uh, uh, format uh, a uh, article about a house for sale. 
all the time. Uh, it, yeah. All the time. If that yeah. was the case, you might have a point. But they don't do this all the time. It's invariably they'll stumble upon a six to ten million dollar estate somewhere around Lake Minnetonka, and then and then provide you this uh, tempting look at it. You got it? Yeah. I think she went foul, Chris. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a home run, put a good, but then put a good right went foul. <laughs> I was Carlton Fisk waving it in. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this might be the uh, the uh, biggest podcast. example of windmilling we've ever come across. Oh. And if you're a new listener, windmilling is that which occurs when uh, something environmentalists crave and want they suddenly don't if they discover they're going to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. by it. Uh, you know, the best example in the origin of it was the uh, windmills uh, off uh, Cape, Cape Cod, Cod. Uh, that the Kennedy family objected to because they could see them when they were having a clam bake, and yet the Kennedy family has in its, has in its uh, gang uh, people very keen on alternative sources of oh, energy. Of course. Uh, NPR, uh, no greater friend of public transportation than NPR until they learned that the train was going to pass their building, <laughs> and that then they sued, and we had to put up a special uh, soft pad. padded uh, intersection there <laughs> so the rumbling train wouldn't uh, uh, obscure the voice of some Bulgarian poet that happened to be in there. But 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 here's here's a great one now. Two popular tail trails closed to runners, walkers, and bicyclists for up to three years as Southwest Light Rail Transit construction begins. More than 660,000 trips are taken every year on the Kenilworth Trail in Minneapolis. Even more are taken on the Cedar Lake Trail running through St. Louis Park in Hopkins. However, starting today... Both, uh, parts of both popular trails will be off-limit to runners, bicyclists, and pedestrians for the next two to three years. That's because construction crews will take over and begin the complicated process of building the Southwest Light Rail from Eden Prairie to Minneapolis. A 14-and-a-half-mile-long project expected to cost $2 billion, which this country doesn't have and this state doesn't have. The Metropolitan Council is urging folks accustomed to using the trails to find another one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Louisiana Highway 55. Go <laughs> right. somewhere else. I know <laughs> someone that lives near that trail. These people are furious. Oh, I bet they, they are. They are irate about this. But but here, the the very people that presumably would be backing the train sure. are getting the hell wind, windmilled out of them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, run? we're glad you support uh, the collectivism and the uh, the wonderful socialistic thinking behind uh, popular uh, social uh, trains. <laughs> and uh, But by the way, you gotta we don't want to see you around here with your bike or running or anything else. you got to find another trail because we're going to tear up your trails and build light rail. You come back when the light rail's ready and you can ride it. See, and, and that's where I was going to go with it, because I don't know who they're catering to because this is being designed for someone like me that lives in the Southwest Metro and works downtown. I'm not taking this because it's going to, the train from here to get to Target Field takes a half an hour. Sometimes you're just better off on two wheels. Sometimes you're just better off on a motorcycle. I know it can be a little uh, it can be a little harrowing at times given the traffic, but when you're on a motorcycle, especially if it's outfitted with the right stuff from DennisKirk.com, you can still get around town. You can still get around. They're nimble, and they allow you to uh, sometimes avoid the tremendous hassles that motorists face. But I'm talking about DennisKirk.com, located right here in Minnesota, a trusted retailer of parts and 
accessories and apparel for you and your bike. More than 160,000 products in stock, same-day shipping. You order by 8 o'clock today, you're going to get it tomorrow. If you buy a helmet or apparel item and it doesn't fit or you just don't like it or she comes out and gives you the female fun limitation factor, not a problem. Dennis Kirk will even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com, $89 order ship free. Order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. A beautiful lawn is a super quick click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. From their very first visit, for your free, no-obligation estimate, to the last of autumn, you will have serious lawn pride. The best on the block. Things are greening up nicely around Gumption County right now. That means one thing, dandelions. Unless you're already a ProfessionalTurf.com customer, then you don't have any dandelions or any other weeds. And all you have to do is click. Click on it right now, ProfessionalTurf.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Before we get to Johnny, I got a question. You know how we've often commented that you could not make, uh, now the name of the movie escapes, Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Yeah. You couldn't make it today. Yeah. But I have heard or read, I can't remember which, that uh, television is bringing back all in the family. Yes. Okay. It was edgy in the 70s. Yeah. It was it's very edgy as hell. Okay. What are you going to do now? How is that going to be made? I, how are you going to do it? They have a, a large cast of characters, uh, successful stars that are coming to do the remake. Really? Um, but I are, don't, they gonna, are they are they going to be true to the original? I have not been Where you told got the that. grumpy white guy who doesn't get anything? Right. Who, when Sammy Davis Jr. takes a sip of a drink and then hands it to Archie, yeah. and Archie goes, ah. <laughs> doesn't Sammy Davis kiss him in that? Kisses I think he does. Yeah, yeah. He kisses him right in the face. Uh, this thing with you couldn't redo Blazing Saddles. So you couldn't use that kind of humor, yet Quentin Tarantino has made a career out of using the N-word millions of times over in his movies. Well, that's true. That's true. Here's John Height. You really dislike Quentin, don't you? You bring this up about once a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here's it's uh, time for a new act. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is Archie. Jamie Fox is uh, I don't George know what probably George Jefferson. Yeah. And all in the family and the Jefferson. Who's the ding? Both. Who's the dingbat? Uh, Carol. Let's see. Um, Ellie Kemper as yep. Gloria. Yeah. And who else? Wanda Sykes as George and Louise with oh, Jamie Foxx. Fox. Who's the dingbat? Will Ferrell as Tom Willis. And Justina Machado as Florence Johnson. You didn't who's, answer me. Who's the dingbat? Who's the who's dingbat? The dingbat? Archie's wife. Would be Ellie Kemper. Is that no, it? she's the daughter. Oh, she's the daughter. This Ellie story. Marissa Tomei. Marissa oh, Tomei? Do you see what she's doing on Twitter? It was her on Twitter, right? Who's I'm not a, sure. Uh, requesting the sex strike? No, no, that's, uh, that's Alyssa Milano. Alyssa oh, Milano. They're all the same. Right, right. they are. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Thank Brought you to you Joel. by... Wait, that wasn't racist, was it? No, they're I both white. They're yeah. both white. Yeah. What uh, is a sex strike? Uh, because Alyssa, because uh, she wants uh, women to have more abortion rights. Uh, she wants women to withhold sex until, until, uh, yeah. until the government uh, 
gets rid of any any bill that would preserve the life of a child. Anybody here already been on strike yeah, for a while? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been married a long time. Uh, John's News presented by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, Kenny. Budget negotiations between Governor Tim Walls and State House and Senate leaders have broken off again amid an ongoing clash over taxes. A failure to reach a deal Sunday night leaves lawmakers just one week to bridge major divides and pass a two-year state spending plan expected to top $45 billion. We need a nickname for Governor Walls, by the way. Spendy McSpender Center. He's out of his mind. I've said this before. He's been a terrible disappointment to me. Uh, I just find it to be so unimaginative. Every word out of his mouth is boilerplate, DFL, give me more money. Everything. And he sure is patting himself on the back a lot for all the hard work he's doing on behalf of all Minnesotans. Well, this, the the story Jeez. this morning I, I watched, it, he he was saying, well, I was talking to a lot of Minnesotans and this is what they want. Tim, nobody wants this gas tax. Nobody. <laughs> they have until May 20th to strike a deal during the regular session. After that, of course, the governor can call lawmakers back into a special session to finalize any remaining work. They have to have a deal by June 30th, the final day of the fiscal year, or state government shuts down. Talk Sunday night deteriorated within one and a half hours after Senate Republicans reiterated opposition to Democrat-backed tax increases. John? Yes? The Minnesota Management and Budget Office says monthly revenue for April shot up $489 million above projections, mostly due to a big increase in individual income tax collections. Wow. Hmm. It's not, a, not not enough for you? 489 mil in one month? Well, they'll zip through that and... <laughs> That's God, already spent. Remember, dreadful. that budget shows $45 billion Yeah, I know, with a I know, I know. And we had a surplus. <laughs> are you, yeah. Are you staying on budget or are you done with the budget? Story? I'm done with the budget. Okay. Uh, they have... Norman Lear... They have said over and over again that these two shows were meant for the 70s and would not work today. We disagree with them, and we are here to prove with two great casts depicting the both shows the timelessness of human nature, Norman Lear said in a statement. I can predict exactly how it's going to play out. How? The the black characters, and they'll be gay characters, I yeah, bet, yeah. And, and black characters. And they will they will have the upper hand over the white characters in well, the show. Well, they did in the seventies too. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, it's going to be you know what it's going to be. It's going to kind of be virtue on parade every week. Oh, that's I, how here's I see how it. I, here's how great we are. Yeah, I, and see, I see something like how many more spinoffs social? came from uh, Archie's show? It was Maud Jefferson's. Jefferson's. Their Archie's place, remember, was after after Dingbat died. Yeah. Dingbat died. Yeah. So a few. I I just have Will Ferrell fatigue. Why does he need to be a part of this? Yeah. He's doing his Ron Burgundy podcast. Uh, that's off the charts. That's great. Why does he? He's uh, another guy. Uh, Joe thinks is no talent, right? I'm, I, 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 no opinion really. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're one of those no opinions. Yeah, yeah I don't three percent. I don't know. A Twin Cities man who briefly pitched in the Twins organization and had two short stints as a major leaguer has pleaded guilty after being accused of cheating a post-baseball employer out of almost a quarter million dollars boy! while working as an accountant. 38-year-old Benjamin Hendrickson of Excelsior pleaded guilty in Anoka County District Court to two counts of theft by swindle, which cover more than 145 grand of the overall total. Two other counts were dismissed. The plea agreement calls for Hendrickson to serve a 90-day sentence. Formal sentencing will happen in August. Uh, he admitted to police he stole from a company, which said he thought the total was not that much, only between $50,000 and $75,000. 
His progression to the big leagues started at Bloomington Jefferson High School. He was drafted by the Brewers in 1999. Two seasons with the Brewers, 2004 and 2006. He started in 12 of his 14 appearances, finished with a major league record of one win and 10 losses and a 7.41 ERA. Where is he playing town ball now? He then bounced around in the minors until the Twins well, released him. Nowhere now. June 2000. <laughs> no, we, we hear about a couple of these, two, three of these every year. Uh-huh. Uh, does anybody ever get away with these swindling from their employers? No. And, well, when I read the story, Kenny, do you know the first thing I thought of? He shouldn't have quit. That's probably how they found out. Hmm. Shouldn't have quit swindling? Well, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or stayed on it or stopped doing it and then just stayed on. When you do that, it's just temporary. You're just buying yourself time. You're, they're going to get you. Don't start, Kenny. Such thought I swindled those cigars last week. Yeah, I thought he just sent me a mean text. It hurt my feelings. Great Romeo yeah. and Julietas from Sodis. He actually sent the text to all of us. So yeah. We, Say, we didn't have enough her Sodis uh, product out there because Kenny took them mostly home. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Sodis cigar and pipe. Uh, you go east on 36 to Stillwater. It's the last light before you cross the bridge. You take a right. That's Cosgrove, isn't it? Osgood. Osgood. Why do I keep saying Cosgrove? Remember Sodis, because Osgood. Osgood. So you take a right and you go down there, and it's the, it's the best new cigar store and uh, pipe store uh, in the state, maybe in the country because of the way they thought it out. You go in the store and you access the humidor, yep. but you're not overwhelmed with cigar smoke. There's a lounge that you then can access and go in and smoke if you want, but that lounge has the most advanced ventilation system they could possibly come up with. So this is great. You're going in to get pipe tobacco or a cigar as a gift or buy a lighter or any of the other accessories. You're not going to leave there inundated in cigar smoke. There's some really cool lighters out there, oh, too. You're at- talking cigars, but there's really neat lighters. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they had their grand opening last week. This is Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. It's absolutely fantastic. Scott and Luke know what they're doing. They came to this from other professions. They really thought it through great specials on all brands including box specials or check them out at sodiescigar.com that's s-o-d-i-e-s deepening a trade battle and sending financial markets spinning china announced monday it was raising tariffs on 60 billion dollars of u.s goods in retaliation for the latest hike in u.s tariffs on its exports the finance ministry said monday the new penalty duties of five to 25 percent on hundreds of u.s products <laughs> include batteries spinach and coffee they'll take effect june 1st that follows the president's increase on friday of duties of 200 billion dollars on chinese imports this uh, as the story said is hurting stocks at the moment as we speak really as we speak, the Dow is down 706 points. Uh, working until I'm 100. The NASDAQ is almost down 300. Hurting Polaris, too. There was a big points. article in uh, the paper last week about how this is affecting Polaris. I yeah. think I figured it out how it works. Yes. Okay. Here, I'm going yep. to sit back. I'm going to start taking notes. Economy class. Okay, you're a guy in this country, and you sell toilet seats okay. to... Uh, to uh, Stores that sell toilet seats. You're the importer. You're Acme Toilet Seat Company. Gotcha. I suppose I didn't have to choose toilet seats. And you get your toilet seats from China. So now China, your outfit in China that you deal with, they ship a crate of toilet seats and the boat lands in Baltimore or wherever. Before the toilet seats can be unloaded and put in your possession, you, the importer, you pay the tax to this country. And then you take your toilet seats, and obviously to recoup what you just paid the government, you're going to increase the price of toilet seats. I think that's how it works. Most likely. I I know a guy who... You lost me. I know a guy who imports uh, uh, products from China. I'm going to call him tonight and and see if I'm right. Have him explain this to me. Okay. But... 
It's so, also affecting exports, hence all my farmers' buddies who are taking a hit on the beans. Right, because the guy in China, before he can accept his shipment of soybeans, he has to pay the Chinese government I got money, you. and then he has to recover that by uh, increasing the cost of soybeans to the Chinese. Then what is the breaking point uh, for the president to say, we've got these new tariffs? I don't know. What will change? Or what will change I, with that, China? No, don't 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 confuse me now. No, I, I'm not. I, got, I, got, I, got, I went as far question. as I could. <laughs> if he's saying, "Hey, we're going to do this," China has no incentive to stop doing what they're doing because they've already unleashed or, or gotten rid of their toilet seats. I yeah. think what we should do is not explore this any further because we're going to have people emailing us. Okay, I'm going to call my guy tonight. I'm going to call my guy. I'm going to call my guy. Well, and it ends up, Brooke, as part of your thing there, a war because China just raised theirs on $60 billion. Right. So, so, so everybody's paying but higher then, prices in both countries. The story I read this morning in the business section is this is all just posturing and it's polite posturing and we still have a June 1st deadline and we're going to mm-hmm. meet a couple of more times. Now, right. if you thought you were confused with my tariff explanation. Oh, oh God. God. I don't know what compels Jesse to email me this, but I'll do this one more time. This is the last. No, I, I, please don't. I'm going to make this my Joe, promise. Stop it. I'm going to make this a promise. This, well, what, what do you think I'm going to do? You're going to do that stupid lake and an island and an island and a lake and a pond and a lake and an island. And yeah. I well, hold on. I'm going to get a Australia. Okay, we're going to start with what Lake Superior. He said it's all about qualifiers. Lake Superior. Okay, I'm writing this down. Lake Superior is the largest freshwater lake in the world. Within that lake are islands, and the biggest of those islands is Isle Royal, the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. Okay. So I've, far, so good? I've got Lake Superior. And Scott Matura went through this, too. On Isle, Isle Royal, there are several lakes, the biggest of which is Siskiwit Lake. So that's the largest lake on the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. In a partridge. So far, it still makes sense. <laughs> Within Siskiwit Lake... Si- sit several islands, the largest island, uh, the biggest of which is Ryan Island. That makes that the largest island in the largest lake on the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. Part of Ryan Island is soggy, wet earth known as moose flats, which floods quite often creating ponds. When flooded, it's the largest body of water on Ryan Island, the largest lake on the largest Island in the largest lake and the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. Within Moose Flats, it's a large boulder named Moose Boulder, and it happens to sit in the area that floods. So when Moose Flats is flooded, it becomes an island, the largest island in the largest lake and the largest island in the largest lake and the largest island in the largest freshwater lake in the world. <laughs> this is done because you've qualified it at the top, picking the largest freshwater lake in the world. That is Lake Superior. So no matter how big other islands are in other lakes all around the world, those lakes are not as big as Lake Superior, so they don't count. After that, you just keeping the, keep picking the biggest one until it ends. For example, Rookie has the smallest brain and the largest head on the largest body, belonging to the youngest producer on the most worthless staff of the Garage Logic podcast in the world. Some other celebrity deaths the past few days. <laughs> We still doing the show? <laughs> oh my god! Never again. That better never come up. Well, we already talked about Doris Day. She died at the age of ninety-seven. Uh, marketed as the wholesome girl next door type, she was most well known uh, for comedies that were actually pretty sexy and daring for their time. And her personal life was uh, well, it was uh, not as uh, straight-laced as you might think. Four marriages and a lawsuit. 
Uh, she teamed with Rock Hudson in Pillow Talk and other lighthearted comedies. After many successful films, she starred on CBS's The Doors Day Show for five years. And in her autobiography, her own story, she caused something of a stir while promoting the book by rejecting The Girl Next Door and professional virgin labels. Uh, as we talked about earlier, Oscar Levant, a uh, highly publicized comment about her virginity, said, quote, I knew Doris Day before she became a virgin. It contributed to what has been called her image. She says it baffles her. Doris Marianne Kappelhoff. I have a lasting image in printed on my mind of being at a grandmother's house on a Sunday, watching the Doris Day show and choking on all the cigarette smoke that was being <laughs> smoked in the room. She actually was a fine jazz singer before she became an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sang with Duke Ellington's band, several other bands. And that was her role in the uh, Kirk Douglas movie, uh, Man and His Horn, or whatever the hell, okay. Young yeah. Man and His Horn. Uh, also, uh, this weekend, Jim Fowler. Remember Jim? Yes. Yeah. Big fella from Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom died at his home in Connecticut. He was 89 years old. Uh, Fowler dangled from helicopters, swam with sharks, squirmed from tightening coils of pythons as America watched him and partner Marlon Perkins trudge across areas of the I'm U.S. I'm Marlon Perkins. I talk in a weird high voice, and when the going gets rough, I send Jim. <laughs> Because I'll be damned at the money I'm making if I'm going to go out there and wrestle a grizzly bear. Fowler became... Which they did. Uh Uh-huh. Fowler became... They tried to lasso one. A grizzly bear? Yeah, I I went off on a tangent last Friday when his death... Or or Thursday when his... Oh, you guys talked about this No, no, no. I saw it on the internet, and I just started watching old uh, Wild uh, Wild Kingdom episodes. They tried to lasso a grizzly bear. Really? I wouldn't do that. Sheesh. Hey, Mike in Duluth has provided me information to continue to drive you guys crazy with ice outdates. So uh, you'll be getting the next one uh, coming up uh, as soon as uh, May 21st. You'll have another ice outdate. Is that the same day as your lilacs, May 21st? No, my lilacs are about May 26th or 7th. Got it. Although I saw blooming lilacs uh, yesterday in St. Paul. Oh, the hell I say. Come on. Pardon? It's way too early for that. What in the hell are you babbling about? (laughs) That's my question to you. He's making fun of you. (laughs) We also lost Peggy Lipton. Yes, Mod Squad. Mod Squad. She was 72. Her death from cancer announced in a statement from daughters Kadeda and Rashida Jones. I didn't know that that was her daughter. Twin Peaks. Was she married to Quincy Jones? Yeah, Rashida is the daughter of Peggy Lipton and... uh, uh, Quincy. Quincy Jones. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, actually it wasn't briefly Ken. They were married sixteen years, seventy four yeah. to well, nineteen ninety. In the span of a lifetime in a marriage, you know, I've been married eighty <laughs> years myself. <laughs> but those are Kenny years. Uh, Kenny years, like dog years. <laughs> uh, she starred as Julie Barnes in the Mod Squad, which ran from nineteen sixty eight to seventy three, and then on Twin Peaks as Norma Jennings. Jack Ma, the founder and chairman of online marketplace Alibaba. You guys know who he is? Kind of a yes, goof, I do, a, John. Kind of a goofball. Yep. He's sparking some criticism after advising his newlywed employees to have sex six times in six days. Really? Uh, wow. Ma also China's With richest. the same person? Apparently, Kenny, yes. Ma also <laughs> With chi- the same person. Also China's richest man was speaking at his company's mass wedding, which takes place every year on Ali Day on May 10th at the company's headquarters in Hangzhou, East China. It's interesting. Hangzhou? Ma said... Left. Dignity <laughs> beat me to it. Ma said at work, we emphasize the spirit of 996. 
in life, we should follow 669. Oh, tell this guy to shut up. His remarks were a wordplay on the firm's controversial 996 work schedule, which expects staff to submit to 12-hour shifts between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. during What's a six-day week. What's he make? What's he make? Is he the Jeff Bezos of China? He's the richest man in China. Okay, but what's he do? What do they make? Uh, Alibaba is... Toilet uh, seats. That's what no. I wonder. <laughs> no, Al- Alibaba just sells stuff, right? They is, sell is stuff? It a yeah, place Alibaba you, to... you order. So it's a, a clearinghouse. So of... it's Amazon of China. Uh, yes, Okay. Yeah. basically. Yeah. So anyway, he, he said to do that. A thrill ride that was apparently too much to handle. A 125-foot slide was linking two streets in a southern Spanish town. It's brand new was forced to close a day after opening on Thursday after multiple people reported being injured using the slide. It's a stainless steel chute in Estepona designed to give residents a quick way to travel between the streets at different elevations, saving a 10-minute walk, according to Scott. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up This isn't an amusement park? This no. is, hey, here's how you this get to work. In the it's public transportation. Oh, it's yeah, it's public, trans- <laughs> public transportation. Public transportation. So, like, to get down to the street level... Instead yes, of taking you, an elevator, elevator or stairs, you slide. You, you slide. Yeah. Oh, Into a big pile so of cushions. Cool. Yes, yeah. Wait but, till Governor Spendy Walls gets a load of this and he'll be wanting to build one of these. But videos posted on Twitter showed people hurtling down at high rates of speed <laughs> and flying like, off at like, the end. Like Christmas vacation. <laughs> right. He takes off like <laughs> a rocket. the saucer. <laughs> they, were shared, uh, I- they were shared images of bruises and scrapes that people said they were receiving while going down the ramp. One woman wrote, the slide of Estepona is a bleep. Seen and proven. I threw myself and I heard everywhere. I flew two meters down and the cops just laughed at me. (laughs) (laughs) The town council said Friday it ordered the company that built the slide to carry out a thorough check and will close it in the meantime. It also said people needed to follow instructions on the slide, such as not riding the chute while laying down, keeping arms in, and not using it at the same time. Dare me to go face first? That's other people. Uh, we have had this happen before. Uh, here, the, here is the uh, video. Yeah. Of oh the slide. my God! So yeah. you go down. It's uh, several. What, what would you say? That's five stories at least. Four uh, stories. Oh, oh she's that, walking her way. They're down. going down slow, she's, but oh, apparently, what a wimp! Some people don't. Uh, yeah, but they might be holding a kid. It looks like they're holding a kid. Rocket launch. Uh oh! Look out! You're about oh, to get run over. Oh. Get out of there! Ooh. Well, face first into the concrete. <coughs> oh, what a oh, that dude really comes oh, there. Down. There we go. Now we have a winner. Yeah. Uh, you just Google uh, Spanish slide injuries if you want to see that. Why not have yourself. a foam pit at the end? Right. Oh, yeah. Something. Oh, oh holy cut air God almighty. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> uh, the father of a three-year-old girl was arrested Sunday in California after he claimed his car was stolen with the toddler inside, even though she wasn't inside, because he wanted police to find the car sooner. Oh. Sierra McCoy. Oh. Sierra McCrory of Oakland was reported missing Saturday night after Dad told authorities she was in the stolen vehicle. They issued an Amber Alert for Sierra, and uh, they thought she was abducted, quote, by an unknown suspect. Help locate missing child three-year-old who was taken in a carjacking is what the Amber Alert said. The car, a 2005 Mercedes S430. They uh, did recover the car. Nice one. Nice digs. On Sunday, police said the car was recovered. The child was still missing. Hours later, investigators said Sierra was with her dad earlier in the day, but police said at the time the vehicle was found, she was confirmed to be safe with mom. The three-year-old's father was arrested for filing a false police report, according to authorities who allege he lied in the hope that uh, police would find his Mercedes. Why don't we come back, and when we do, visit the failed academy. 
Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. I rather enjoy it when the failed academy is Harvard. Ronald S. Sullivan Jr. and Stephanie Robinson have been dumped as the first African-American deans in the history of the school's law school. You want to know why? Hmm. Um, insubordination. Uh, they were hired, uh, Sullivan was, Ronald S. Sullivan Jr., he must be a hell of an attorney. He, uh, he joined uh, Harvey Weinstein's defense team. Isn't everyone entitled to representation under the law? Yes. Yeah. That's why he was fired? But here, yeah, and he's black to boot, the first black dean. And they dumped him because the kids complained. Oh, boy. Because wow. Harvey Weinstein, you know. That's, that's well, well, one of the But he didn't do what rules? Harvey did. The New York Times wrote on Saturday that protests against Sullivan's role as a dean to undergraduate students began in January after he signed on to Weinstein's defense team. After that, many students expressed dismay, saying that his decision to represent a person accused of abusing women disqualified Mr. Sullivan from serving in the role of support and mentorship to students. <laughs> it doesn't wow. the So these inmates are quite literally running these wow. asylums. Wow. The and, protests followed the style of the resistance left and college kids everywhere have embraced over the last few years of concentrated outrage, incivility, and even defacing public property. On Saturday, the dean of Harvard College, Rakesh Karana, released a statement as an email outlining to the students at Winthrop House, where Sullivan was a faculty dean, that he would not be returning to the post. This is a regrettable situation and a very hard decision to make, it reads. I have long admired your faculty dean's commitment to justice and civic engagement, as well as the good work they have done in support of diversity in their house community. Uh, it's ironic uh, that it cites Sullivan's commitment to justice uh, because they're bouncing the guy, because he's signed on and get, getting paid to do his, to his work. The Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, everybody is entitled to a defense. Not at Harvard. No. That is amazing. That's mob rule, isn't it? That's we make the, our own rules. It's mob rule, Joe, by complete and total idiots yeah, because idiots. they don't understand anything, the first thing about the law. And see where it places the uh, people in positions of uh, authority at these universities. They're continuing to fail and fail and fail, yeah. which is why these academies are failing. How come somebody didn't stand up and say, listen, you stupid morons. Do you ever, have you read the Constitution? Yeah. Go to school. Learn something for first. God's sake. Lord. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that something? Wow. It's like a double irony, isn't it? And the balls they had to do it, considering these two people are the first black people to ever head up the law school at Harvard. 
defending a Jewish person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has the right to defense. That's what you're taught in law school. Exactly. Yeah. No, just Americans are taught that. But as a so he'll probably land on his feet. Probably going to the private sector, or maybe he'll stay well, in education. He but. already has landed on his feet. He's part. Of, you think Weinstein's? You think he's charging Weinstein fifty bucks an hour? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, but so nobody at Harvard pushed back. Nobody wow. in the faculty pushed back. Nobody told these kids you're idiots. Well, because they don't want to lose their jobs. Well, but Who they're would push but they're back? the bosses. Yeah, yeah somebody's got to tell these kids, "Hey, kid, you're dumb. Get the hell. Right. Get you're your, stupid." Do you know what I had to go through to get to this position? Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to uh, defend anybody I want to. You know who's pushing back, though? Yankee fans. Uh-oh. They're How pushing so? back against the boycott of the Kate Smith's God Bless America oh, song. Well, I Good. can't support Yankee fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, hang yeah. on. Read it first, and then I'll decide. Uh, a couple of fans of season ticket holders have said they're boycotting the Yankees until Kate Smith is back. Otherwise, I am kissing a half century of loyalty goodbye. Uh, Bronx... Born bombers diehard James Foley fired off an angry letter to Yankee owner Hal, Hal Steinbrenner saying, Your father is turning in his grave. Foley reasoned that if the Yankees judge past and current employees as they did Smith, Babe Ruth, and other legends would be scrubbed from the stadium next. They're right. Why not purge the lot of them and be honest about your political correctness? Remove the plaques from Monument Park, he wrote. The Yankees are better than this, added Staten Islander Ray Hagman, whose brother John was an MLB scout for 50 years. He thinks Smith should be reinstated because booting her was almost as bad as if they suddenly decided, without adequate explanation, to disassociate themselves from Babe Ruth. More than 10,000 people have signed petitions uh, on the Change.org urging the Flyers, where the, uh, where the singer also has been banned, to keep the Kate Smith statue in her version of God Bless America. I have a question. Got to push back. Why Why would Babe Ruth... Am I missing something? I'm not seeing the analogy there between Babe Ruth and uh, Kate Smith, but... Big, what, big, was he, was big he just people. a drunken lout or something? Womanizer? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm asking. So 10,000 Then we're going to have a long list of guys. Right. 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 That's I'm the not, guy's point. I'm not judging. Where are you drawing the line? But that's the trouble Mysterians are going to find themselves in. Okay. I just didn't know if there was something in Babe Ruth's past that I was unaware of. Such, they have 10,000 people that have signed this petition, but how many are actually staying out of the ballpark? I, I mean, this, this isn't going to hurt the but Yankees it, but at, at least, all. But at least there's some pushback. Yes. At least they're saying... Right. Come to your senses. Well, as a Twins fan, if the Vic- if the uh, Yankees completely implode and are taken <laughs> off the market, that's fine with me. Twins are so good. How can they? How come they went into New York and lost too? Yeah, they got beat. Let's, that's what baseball, I'm Kenny. I hate the Yankees. Oh, thank you, John. You know thank what, you. Kenny? It's a funny game. A Speaking of that, you guys want to hear about fun. my game yesterday? Uh, yeah, we were playing New Craig. Thirteen innings, quick, Joe. Well, I was on the topic of sports, and if you really want a great fundraiser, get a hold of the people at big-time sports auctions. Steve Granquist was in the other day, and he was gracious enough to bring us uh, a wonderful portrait of uh, uh, Joe Maurer. I got outbid on that, by the way. And a wonderful portrait of the Viking. Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. Signed, autographed by Number Anthony Barr. Pick. Josh uh, from Andover got that. That's and right. What I learned from meeting Steve the other day is that there's uh, he includes documents of authenticity mm-hmm. on, the, on the items he brings to your auction. So you're putting together the auction for your school, uh, you're doing it with uh, maybe your booster club, church, school, nonprofits, rotary clubs, golf tournaments, and you want a great, you want a great silent auction, but you don't have. To-
have to do the work, you call Big Time Sports Auctions. They put together a customized package. There's no money out of your pocket. Big Time Sports keeps a portion of the proceeds, and your organization keeps the rest. And they come in, and they do everything. You don't do anything. They'll put together a package of items for your group, whether it's the Vikings, Twins, Wild, whatever you want. Then they bring the items to your event. They set it up, including the bid sheets. And when they're done, they pick up the unsold items after the event. You don't do anything except uh, take credit for a great event. And they, as I say, they let your imagination run wild uh, for your next event because big-time sports auctions will work with you. They'll customize it to uh, whatever you need. It's a really fabulous, fabulous idea. That's the big-time sports auctions, btsauctions with an S, dot com. And... Uh, who did get those paintings? Uh, Josh from Andover yep. uh, got the Anthony Bar. I forget who ended up winning the Mauer one. And Steve brought those over. Uh, uh, half the proceeds are going to go to uh, Second Stork yep. and half to uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association. Lake Bacall in Siberia, Russia, and Lake Superior are both the largest lakes oh, in the world. No, no, no. no, no, no. You this. promised. Look, this doesn't have anything to do with the islands. It's got an island in a lake. Lake Bacall, because of its greater depth, <laughs> is the world's largest freshwater lake in terms of volume. It contains about 5,521 cubic miles of water. Lake Superior, on the other hand, is the largest freshwater lake with the greatest surface area at 31,700 square miles. Ice out suggestion. <laughs> Wouldn't you enjoy seeing the incredulous look on the staff's faces when you are still announcing lake ice out dates in June? I know you are focused on a few metro area lakes, and it's pretty deep into spring. But just think of the fun you would have if you keep bringing those groans going another month. Here are a few ice out date facts. Uh, really? I'll just do them today, and I won't do one. Lake Vermilion, latest was May 23rd, 1950. Leech Lake, latest was May 23rd, 1950. Didn't we just have a really late ice out about five years ago where we had to delay the opening of fishing? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Lake of the Woods, latest was May 21st, 2014. There, that's it right there. Okay, and Gunflint Lake. Latest was June 3rd, 1936. Wow, June 3rd. That's got to be the record. That's 1936. The, that's the state record right there. Mm-hmm. This is Mike from Duluth, uh, another one who's uh, really encouraging us to uh, next winter take the uh, GL podcast to the Phoenix area for a week or so. Wouldn't that be great? Be a blast. You're not, you don't have to twist my arm. Only, but he wants us to stay in his basement, right? No, he invited us over to his patio overlooking the Superstition Mountains uh, following the podcast. But no, we don't have to go down the basement. We I don't think, have to go in the house. I think this is the equivalent of a Russian nesting doll thing. This is the big lake inside the island, which is inside the <laughs> largest If we do go to Phoenix, uh, you and I are sharing a room. No, and, that's and not going to happen. You can. Everything Let's else is getting never, You know what? That'll never happen. Well, he you just know. needs the side of the bed close enough to the electrical outlet uh, for his yeah, phone yeah. chargers. We lost a great living American. Rook, find a sounder for this guy so when I'm done, we can give him some sort of uh, respectful, respectful uh, send-off here. When he went on his big snowmobiling trip, it was difficult for him to even sleep in the same room as his brother. You went on a snowmobiling? Oh, yellow, Yellowstone. You rode out to uh, Yellowstone. Um, uh, Old Faithful. Yep. 40 miles an hour. I don't know what we did, Kenny. I think I went 142 miles an hour. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Yeah, there were any restrictions in that park. We have lost Fleming Begay Sr., one of the last remaining Navajo code talkers from um, World War II. He has died at the age of 97. Begay died Friday in Chinle, Arizona, according to a statement from the Navajo Nation. The group's president, Jonathan Nez, called him a brave and selfless warrior. Begay was born in Red Valley, Arizona in 1921. 
Uh, years later, at a boarding school called Fort Wingate, he learned that the U.S. military was looking for Navajo speakers. According to the New York Times, he enlisted and became one of the more than 400 code talkers in the Marines. During the war, the code talkers helped the U.S. communicate securely during battles using a code based on the Navajo language. The code was made up of more than 600 words, sometimes using Navajo words for animals to substitute for names of military vehicles. The code was used in every major marine operation in the Pacific Theater, and it could never be broken by the Japanese. Begay was a code talker from 1943 to 1945 and fought in the Battle of Tarawa, Tarawa and the Battle of Tinian. He would later go on to spend a year in the Naval Hospital for injuries and wounds he received during his service. After returning to the U.S., what did he do? Opened up a trading post. Nice. Opened up a trading post in Chinle, which grew to include a gas station, car repair shop, cafe, a small grocery store. According to the New York Times, Begay later worked as a farmer, <laughs> growing apple, cherry, and plum trees, raising cattle and sheep. Donald Trump honored him in 2017 uh, with other Navajo veterans. Uh, at the White House. This looks like a beautiful, beautiful part of Arizona. Chinle, mm-hmm. you said the Red Valley, and when you call up a satellite image of the Red Valley, it is, in fact, that. The you have whole... a little something for him, Rook? I do. We're, uh, we're going to send him a little fly-off. Little eagle call. Oh, that was pretty weak. I thought that was good. He's flying with the eagle. And, and I, ch- it, I had to listen to it in cue, by the way. I wanted to hear it before, so I said, Reavers, listen to this in cue very quietly. And he goes like this. I, I hit it, and he goes. Didn't Tiger Woods. <laughs> with the uh, arms flapping. Tiger Woods had at Stanford a teammate named Noda Begay, who's Native American. Hmm. See if it's spelled the same. Noda, Begay? Noda I think, is N-O-T-A-H, I think. And Begay, as as it, uh, our code talker here, it's B-E-G-A-Y-E. Was both, he also both? on the tour? Both probably Nota was on the, the tour for a while, yeah. He's now a Golf Channel announcer. That's Nota right. Begay, the third American professional How do you golfer. spell Begay? B-E-G-A-Y. No like E? No, no E at the end of it? No. That, that, Begay. Not, probably so not So was he from the Navajo Nation? Nota um, Begay? I don't know. I don't know what kind of... Uh, Ethnicity is in his he background. He was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 72. I have a question for you, Matthew. You have any, yes. Uh, you have any uh, upcoming vacation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll check the schedule. We do. Uh, the rest of the week, maybe. <laughs> we do this Friday and Monday. Oh, and uh, if it's right. an, but we're going to arrange to take care of the opener by telephone. I've had to do that before. Yep, it's an emergency call to say yes, lift the door for the town's residents. We will be prepared in mm-hmm. that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Begay is a full blood Native American who was one half Navajo, one quarter San Felipe, and one quarter Isleta. Oh, cool! Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break, gang. Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. After the event at Grunhoffers, I hung around for a while. Well, Rook, you hung around for a while. What did yep. you do when you left? 
Uh, what did I do Friday? I put my old man in the car. Had to take I, the eagle home. Yeah, had to, the eagle has landed. If you saw my dad's shirt that day, yeah, yeah. there was an eagle scene where the eagle was was landing. It was like one of Pat's old... Uh, Johnny, you hung around for a while. I what did. What did you do? Uh, I went home and I played a little guitar and then ate supper. Reeves, what, how about you? I had to come back here to post yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. I came back too. Kenny, what, how about you? You were out pretty quick. Oh, I, no, I remember. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, y'all. Here's Kenny going? with news from the Crabby Coffee Shop. <laughs> uh, so, I had a smelt fry to go to. And <laughs> what? Of course you did. Booming metropolis of Melby, Minnesota, which is about population 20, and all 20 <laughs> drunk off their ass all the time. <laughs> And uh, I pull up, I pull into Melby, uh, and it took me three hours. I took mostly back roads to get back over there. But I, I, I pull up, and the first thing I'm greeted with is, what was that, about a 74? I showed picture, yeah, uh, Joe, yeah. a picture of this. Early 70s. A four-door, early 70s Buick that's been lifted. Right. And, oh, yeah. And it's lifted taller than my truck. I'll have to post a picture of it on uh, on Twitter so you can see what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I have you ever, guys ever had smelt? No, no, oh, yes. never have. No, I really it's no desire. So so delicious. It did kind of taste like sunfish. Yeah, and, and but it smells oh. like a rotting carcass. Is the only no, problem. no. You're I thinking thought... lutefisk. Am I thinking? Yeah, no. Smelt smells like fish. Fish is like eating sheetrock. Yeah, slimy sheetrock. Yeah, terrible. Uh, But smelt is absolutely delicious, and it's you pay your twelve bucks and you go in, and it's all you can possibly eat. I get inside, (laughs) and it is elbow to elbow, bosom to bottom. There is no room to move. So I grab, I, I grab one of these paper, you know, plate things, and yeah. I heap it up there. So every step I take, about ten of them spill off, oh, <laughs> and I go right to my truck and I set it down on the console and I. Uh, oh. Crack open a fresh cold refreshment, and I, I put away the Glock, the carry gun. <laughs> wow. Your life is- and I get out the Gopher Killer, the twenty two revolver. Get that one ready. Got loaded with shorts in it, and uh, wow. slowly cruise back to the farm via gravel roads. Oh, wow! Oh my God. Melby is an unincorporated community in Douglas County. A post office called Melby was in operation from 1888 until 1978, and then they must have just thrown in the towel. I have a question, uh, not to go Mr. FYI on you, but if the town is a population of 12, is every road a back road to get <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's Main all Main streets road. a gravel road. It's a lot of fun. Have you guys ever hunted, uh, I guess you probably shouldn't do it these days, have you ever hunted striped gophers from the car? <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I can we get Roycey in here? Because <laughs> sure, I'll bet legal. you 100 bucks Roycey has hunted striped <laughs> gophers from the car. So you see them running across the gravel road. They come out in the hot day. And you, you pull up to where they you think they went down. Should he finish this story? No. I don't know. And you pull up, and they're curious little devils. Sure. So you give them a little... <laughs> You know, just a little bit of a whistle, and they just pop their little head up, and kabam! You blow their head right off. Wow. Now I'm glad that I haven't done that. I don't oh, think I would have. And in the old no. days, you would snip their tails, and you would turn their what? tail in, and you would get like ten, fifteen sure. cents Are per tail. Are they bad? You don't want these guys? Yeah, they put holes. In I have brain. a, oh. I have a question, a serious question oh, from God. a city dweller. Come on, city. Yeah. I haven't seen a, uh, what are those things called? Chipmunks in two years. I wonder if that's because of all the fox. Oh, I don't know. We we've got a ton wow, of them up there. Wow, I 
I don't. I haven't seen a chipmunk in two years. I have to admit, I've been thinning the herd up there because (laughs) they too uh, they eat duck eggs, and that's no good. Is there a lot of cabin country up there? The lake, lake country, lake country. Everything's cabins. Uh, Well, I hope they know about aquaside. The pellets that'll keep your beach weed free all summer long. Aquaside's been helping people maintain Great Lake shores for more than sixty years with a complete line of lake and pond control products. Uh, These are easy to use. They work right away. Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for your family. So there's no reason whatsoever that weed should overtake your lake or pond. Call Aquaside today. They'll help identify your weed problem, get you the right product, make sure your place looks great all summer long. They're a local outfit. Uh, the Aquaside pellets are the top seller. They're as classic as that old Chris Craft boat down the shoreline on your lake. Hmm. Call Aquaside at one 800 328 9350, that's 1-800-328-9350, or go to aquaside.com. Elderly woman stiffed waiter because the restaurant did not have enough pictures of women on the wall. Then the waiter saved the woman's retirement. A waiter at a New York City pizzeria was stiffed on a tip by two women because the women were unhappy that the restaurant did not have enough pictures of women on the wall. Then he discovered a $424,000 cashier's check left behind by the two women. (laughs) A few days later, he must have been thinking about it. (laughs) A few days later, he returned the check to the elderly woman who left it behind, thanks to some help from the New York Daily News, and refused the tip they belatedly tried to give him. Armando Marcage found an envelope on the table Saturday, shortly after the women left Patsy's Pizzeria in Eastern in East Harlem. I pulled up the flap and I saw Citibank and thought it was important, so I ran across the street to look for her, but she was gone, according to Makaj, a 27-year-old medical student. (laughs) Uh, Karen Vinicour, 79, a retired social worker, and her daughter had been out condo shopping when they stopped in for lunch at Patsy's and accidentally left the envelope containing the cashier's check. We thought for sure it was a billionaire or something who came in here because who walks around with a check like that? Restaurant owner Frank yeah. Breha, 63, told the Daily News. The check, which was mostly proceeds from the recent sale of her apartment, was supposed to provide the down payment for her new home, but it wasn't until Sunday evening that Vinicour realized the check was missing. On Monday morning, she went to the bank to cancel the check, uh, and then uh, she said, my world collapsed. Vinicor called her daughter, who started searching through the trash. Then she contacted a real estate broker to enlist her to help. Uh, just as she was planning to go to the pizzeria to look for the check, her real estate broker called and said Patsy's had not found the check. Uh, I, I'm getting bored by this story. How did they? How did so she? He must find have it? held on to it. Well, let me. This vicious old bag, this bitty. This because this wench. Because they don't have enough pictures of women mm-hmm. on the wall, takes it out on somebody who's a waiter or waitress? Mm-hmm. Give me a the, break, you rich old bag. And she's in the, what was she, a social worker? Yeah. Oh, my God. So it she goes was, against every, all right. of what, what the hell? Well, she, the New York Daily News finally found her. She hopped in a cab, went to Patsy's, immediately apologized for not tipping the guy, and offered a belated tip, but with with a great deal of class, he refused the tip. That's what I would have done, too. Vinicor, unless what was, was she going to give it was a grand. Yeah, yeah. right. Vinicor said that she and her daughter weren't happy with Marcage's response when asked why there were only a few photos of women on the restaurant walls. 
She recalled that Marcage told them maybe women don't eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what a stupid question, lady. Well, so my daughter's what? kind of feisty, and she didn't like that, Vinicour said, so we didn't tip him. But he came and saved your Look at that. self, yep. didn't he? Didn't he? He just saved you your four hundred and fifty grand, you you old battle axe. <laughs> <laughs> you old bitty. Vicious. Let's come back with Johnny Hines News. Towsley is inviting you to stop by on Saturday, May 18th for the annual open house with games and prizes, demo rides, food, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a great day for the family with fun for all ages. Towsley's proud to be the go-to motorsports shop in the greater White Bear Lake area, and they'd love to show you all of the exciting vehicles they have lined up for summer. Stop into Towsley Motorsports in White Bear Lake on Saturday, May 18th for the Texas Barbecue and get great deals on great machines. Towsley Motorsports carries a vast selection of new and pre-owned ATVs, side-by-side snowmobiles, motorcycles, scooters, and personal watercraft. Say, how's that scruffy front yard looking? Sad, pathetic, embarrassing? All of the above and about to be covered in dandelions. This doesn't have to be like this. Let's make it end right now. A beautiful lawn, the best on the block, a click away. Professionalturf.com. Do what I did so many years ago. Schedule a free, no-obligation lawn care estimate, a seasoned pro-turf pro. They're going to stop by and set up a weed and fertilizer program that's not only safe for our mother, the earth, but guaranteed to give you the most luscious lawn in the neighborhood. Click on it right now. Professionalturf.com. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Was that Kenny back-to-back? I, I know I had to. It's Reaver's fault. Don't take it out on me. I'm sorry. That's Up 101, isn't it, Kenny? But now for something completely different. <laughs> different. Oh, great. John Pipe's <laughs> News, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. You've pretty much given up at this point, huh? <sighs> I need to lay down. Are you I at think- that point in your life? <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. You why are you even? Why are you even here? Why? Why aren't you it's in your Monday. farm? Yeah, it's he's here morning. Mondays. Oh, I'm here Monday, oh. Tuesday, Wednesday. Huh. Me too. Okay, you're gone Friday, Friday and Monday. So no podcast then. No. Cool. Yeah, we'll put together a best well, we'll, of. Well, well did, you didn't last time because I needed the day off. Okay, this you time you don't. This time out, I'm going to be here. trot out some tired old crap that we did pretty a long much. time ago. Yeah, pretty much. Perfect. Works for me. <laughs> well, I, and I need to in case there's an opener. Yeah, sure. I'll be available by phone. You're going to stay with Kenny. You guys yep. are going to share I, a... Yep. Uh... No, we're not. Okay. <laughs> I think it, it is supposed to be warm, correct? I mean, 74, I believe I saw today. On Friday and 80 on Thursday. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And we can't... Oh, I was going to say something that would have got us in real trouble. Thank you. Uh-oh. Good rest- I think good restraint from a couple of members of the staff. You know today. that's my job, don't you? Well, we can't move the opener to a Thursday. That would violate the Constitution. Oh, my God. Oh, please stop. That would violate the Constitution. Yes, stop I'm talking just right you. now. Just saying. <laughs> you stop know what? talking. You know what? Huh. I just checked the forecast. Now they're only saying 65 on Friday. Well, then maybe we're off the hook. Huh. But I'll oh, be yeah. gone the following Friday, too. <laughs> Will this be the latest, uh, the latest in the season? Oh, I can, uh, I can look a, at the sheet. The I think we've, we've been later than this. Yeah. Now that you're out of ice out dates, maybe you should start running. <laughs> no. Oh, I got, I don't got new many ideas. I got new ice out dates. A sports Russian ice out dates. Gunflint Lake, June third, nineteen thirty-six. Wow, have you been June up there? 3rd. That's a really oh, yeah. neat lake. Oh, yeah. It's a long one. John, as you were saying that, Dave yeah. Dahl just sent out his email. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's and I'm not saying you know Dave. Dave's been wrong before, sure, but yeah. he's very rarely, very rarely. He is uh, saying partly cloudy, warm with a high of seventy-eight 
on Friday. Holy moly. That's quite a range. That is quite It really a range. is. Joe, I just received an email. I think it's worth a read on the program. It's addressed to all of us. That was quite a show on Friday, and this, by the way, from Steve and Julie. Uh, that was quite a show on Friday. I bet Grundhoffers are so proud. I tried to get back to some uh, sort of normality after the show by listening to Rookie's Tabletop oh. uh, talk. Excuse me, I can't speak today. Uh, the topic was whether to fold or scrunch toilet paper. Oh, my God. Don't you ever say again no, no, no. that it's the sister no. podcast. It is, it's the sister <laughs> podcast. It, it has nothing to do with garage uh, logic. Fact, nothing. In nothing. Fact, <laughs> in fact, let me tell you this. I received an email that uh, a person said, I thought it was a joke. I didn't think there really was a sister podcast to garage logic. There isn't a sister there is, podcast. There there, no, there's not. Table talk with rookies family. <laughs> That's your own. That has that nothing is, to do with garage it logic. Is, it was based off of garage logic subjects. <laughs> Up ah, until... Now, that never has come up. Up until this point, I thought that, what do you call it, the family table, round table? Table talk with the rookie's family. I thought that was probably the dumbest idea I'd ever heard, ever. And I, I and I also think you're obsessed with your family and you're sick and you need to, you need to yes. get away from you them. You think I spent but, time with them. This has come to light to me, and uh, this is a fascinating topic, and I want to know the answer from all oh, of you. God. Fold or scrunch? Well, we'll have to listen to the family podcast. Not from you. I want, for, well, for number one, from the mayor. I scrunch. I'm uh, a scruncher. Uh, fold. Scrunch. Scrunch. Fold? What, what kind of time do you have? I don't want this topic. I want, Kenny, what about you? I want John's I news. I'm fold. I want okay. John's news. I, uh, you got to get it clean. And by John's way, news. And by the way, in my doing? defense, this wasn't a topic where we said this is what we're talking you about. Don't just it was scrunch, a throwaway so line. You here. scrunch it up and do a pass or two and you're out of there? By yep. the way, there's a new... Uh, a new episode was just released this Monday. Did not have any. Uh, what hard hitting topic did you guys battle this week? <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Uh, we don't Ooh. know that. Best email ever. Thank you, Steve and Julie. Hey <laughs> there. Uh, no, they, didn't, they did not make it down. A uh, sports note to kick off this newscast. The Gophers softball team earned the number 7 overall seed in the 2019 NCAA softball tournament and will serve as a regional site on Friday at Jane Sage Cowles Stadium on Friday evening. The Gophers will play North Dakota State in the first game Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Drake plays Georgia at 6 p.m. in the other half of the Minneapolis Regional. Now, each regional is a four-team double-limb tournament. The 16 regional winners advance to Super Regionals, from which the eight NCAA Women's College World Series teams will emerge. You know what that means, of course. Wow. Our dear friend Patrick will probably have to come down here again and write another column uh, using the mayor's computer. Where's my desk? <laughs> Why are you sitting at my desk? I need to write a search. Search. I need to write a column. Uh, scoot over. Many, We're going to do many, this like Lauren and Freddie on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Roycey, how many times did you tell Reavers to shut the bleep up in his own office? The guy does not shut up. He should know I'm on a call. I got to call a town ball guy. This is not his. He's got to be chased uh, out of here. Uh, Get him out of here. Oh, yeah. You I got a lot of control over him when he comes down There's here. There's a couch. Do you have a cot or some pillows? I can <laughs> I'm over there. In uh, news notes, a miracle of sorts north of the Twin Cities. Uh, this is pretty amazing. I'm working actually. on some my talk material. I got uh, <laughs> got to call J Lo's agent. Here. Did they have him reciting lyrics? Is that oh, yeah, he was doing rap lyrics. It was pretty funny. Yes. It's the old Steve Allen bit yep. yeah. for rock and roll. Yep. Uh, in Baxter, Minnesota, 
a helmet likely saved a four-year-old who suffered only minor injuries after being run over by a mail truck that had pulled into a family driveway Saturday. A police spokesperson said the family lives in a cul-de-sac was playing outside when the United States Postal Service truck pulled into the driveway. As the father walked up to get the mail from the driver, the four-year-old was said to have run out in front of the truck. Neither the dad nor the driver saw the child, and the uh, child was run over. But spokesperson said the child was wearing a helmet. The helmet exploded, but the child only suffered minor injuries. Why was the child wearing a helmet? It does not say. The spokesperson said tire tracks clearly visible on the exploded helmet. The matter remains under investigation, but to all things told, boy, it's a pretty amazing story. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I don't know why. The child was wearing a helmet. Wait but a minute. I'm, I'm very pleased that. Is I it a she? Was it a she child? Uh, you know, it didn't mention that. Did reporting it? isn't what it used to be. Kenny, either. I have a four year old. And when, like yesterday. Oh, I don't like where this is going. No, no, no. He just, because he's on and off his bike all the time. And yeah, mom just says, you thinking. have to have your helmet on if you're going to be oh, riding your bike. Because the whole family was playing outside, right. so he's probably hopping on and off the yeah, bike. Yeah, I thought you were yeah. going to say you put a helmet on him in the morning no, and no, it doesn't no, no, no. come off until bedtime. Just if he's riding the bike. And then it, it becomes a thing where he just wants to wear it. You never Maybe. did wear a helmet, did you, Matthew? Never did wear a helmet. No, <laughs> today's helmet update. <laughs> Say, I have a question, John. I'm going to interrupt your yeah. newscast here. We had an incident at the house uh, oh. over the weekend. As discussed on the and, family uh, podcast. No, this was not discussed on Table Talk with the Rookies family. But um, <laughs> I had a, You're, I'm going to charge you for pit. this. You I, have to pay me for this. I had a fire pit, you know, and I had a fire. Yeah. Okay, There was a, a couple branches that fell. We chopped them up. I was going to burn them all. The fire burned for an hour, and then I didn't feed it anymore. And I thought it was all done. I, I mixed up all the stuff, so there was no fire. And I went inside the house. About 45 minutes later, I looked out of the kitchen window and went, Oh, my God, fire! <laughs> and the wood chips around the fire pit Fantastic, were, were all on fire. <laughs> and it's better. It's better. It gets better. Who puts wood chips around a fire wood pit? Wood chips around a fire <laughs> pit. Wait, wait a minute. It's, it's mulch. It can't, it can't get better. It's no. mulch. How can it get better? It gets better this because... It's already the best ever. Because... Adjacent to the fire that I'm trying to stomp out right now, gasoline. Uh, no, there was a sea of of blue, and I didn't know where the blue was from until I realized the wind had knocked over one of those plastic Adirondack chairs, and that's what burned to a crisp. And there was there was nothing. Honest to God, there was nothing left of the Adirondack chair. Oh my God. Four feet, just kind of four bases of the feet sticking up from the burning oh. embers. Oh. We took care of you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I woke up on Saturday night at about two in the morning, and my fire pit outside the cabin was blazing ten feet high. Because every time me and my kid get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, yeah. we, we throw another couple logs on, and then just and then just go right back inside. Can I? Can I uh, Ask a question. Holy Why crap. would you do that at two? Who ca- you're you're not out there. Uh, why are you having a fire? <laughs> you just want to keep the fire going. You step outside to relieve yourself. You know that so, whole so thing about bathroom. That whole dump? thing about uh, flush, don't yeah. flush, yeah. brown. If it's brown, it's down. If it's yellow, it's yeah, brown. yeah. Why not just go out and water Mother Nature? I see. Okay. But this is boy, a, I tell you what, this a lot is of things awesome. going on out there. We don't know about you. This, this is so awesome, Matthew. You have a fire pit that is surrounded by wood chips <laughs> and flammable furniture. I'll yeah. send a. Uh, well, I didn't know the wind was going to blow. The th- I thought it was gone. 
But oh. once it hit the embers... Well, you know what, Matt? That tells you you just can't be too careful. Oh, That's true. I yeah. guess once I go in the house, I make sure there's no furniture around. Yeah. You are my city-it hero, Matthew. I I'm gonna love take you to death. For you. You're yeah. so, so I need awesome. to I need to buy a, a blue uh, Adirondack <laughs> chair. I think we've got a couple good leaves. <laughs> no, I don't know what it did to the environment. You need a fire-resistant <laughs> blue <laughs> Adirondack chair. Maybe was it a, a plastic chair? chair? Yeah, it was just oh, a cheap God, plastic help one. So that was my weekend. That's great. Dallas businessman Victor Vescovo became the deepest diving human being in history when his five deeps expedition reached the bottom of the Pacific Ocean's Challenger Deep on April 28th. Vescovo, who's been living on a years-long journey, no, not living, who has been on a years-long journey to reach the deepest points in each of the planet's five oceans, spent more than four hours in the basin of the Mariana Trench, the deepest known point. In the ocean. What do you do down there, John? He said, we have indeed built and perfected a submersible that can easily and reliably uh, reliably take two people to the bottom of any point on Earth. This will allow for unprecedented level of access for scientists and others to explore the ocean. Last time a human visited the Challenger Deep was Canadian filmmaker James Cameron. He reached a depth of 35,756 feet in 2012. Vescovo went down 35,853 feet. I wouldn't handle that well. Are you no. just waiting for that thing to crack? I just wouldn't handle yeah. it well. How long does it take to get down? That is not addressed. And Sorry. then back up would be longer, right? So you don't get the bends? I have no idea. I would not want to do it. It terrifies me. Would the submersible for, uh, in some way take care of the bends? I don't I know. think so. We all live in a <laughs> yellow They submarine. did four dives. One additional dive at another point in the deep sea trench. Well, at the deepest depths known to humans, they surveyed and mapped the region. Uh, guess what? They found three new species of marine animal while really? in the depths. Yeah. Uh, they also unfortunately found a plastic bag and candy wrappers on the floor of the ocean. <laughs> Deepest really? point of, of the ocean. Further proof that was down there eating candy. He comes out of the he comes out of the sub. What'd you find? A couple snicker bars and a coke. <laughs> uh, Jessica writes, uh, evening. Mayor, happy Mother's Day uh, to the CP. After church on Sunday, my CI girls brought me to Grunhofer's. Uh, and we got lots of brats, chicken, uh, and beef sticks, and Swedish sausage for the grill. One suggestion I might make to Spencer and his crew is to offer variety packs. It'd be great to have a best-of pack for those that are a little timid to buy some of the more exotic flavors. We did grab a caramel apple, mac and cheese, chicken parmesan, and hatch green chili. Thanks for the great recommendation. She's uh, referring, of course, to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo uh, um, on the east side of Highway 61. 130 brat flavors. Well, you guys were all in there Friday. You know, underrated? They're chicken breasts. They're the size of footballs. I would imagine. They're massive. I brought home a Philly cheesesteak brat. And the my favorite is the sweet and heat uh, teriyaki steaks cut to wherever you like. Yep, bacon cut to however you want it for thickness. Double I'm also, smoked hams. I'm also going to post Joe. I made a video of my uh, myself cooking the rookie burgers mm-hmm. on the grill and how you should do it properly. All right, I'll post that. Wait, I those, thought you said don't do it on the grill. I used a grill mat. Yeah, I did that too over the weekend. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. We went with the mat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Runhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats.com. There's no other place like it. The Sweet and Heat uh, Turkey Jerky. That's what I, it is. I bought a pound and I have two little pieces. Yeah, left. it's addicting. It's oh, addicting. It's wonderful. Instagram has spoken. Cleavage is out. Underboob is in. 
Social media's platform's most fashion-forward influencers are all jumping on the latest trend for summer. Barely there bikini tops that display a glimpse of the bottom of the boob. You could be forgiven for thinking the fashionistas have simply picked out the wrong size. The skimpy look is decidedly a choice and 100% intentional. See, now Doris Day wouldn't have gone for that. Uh, no. That would not have fit her in Correct. Correct. The hottest looks seem to be in neon colors, perfect for complementing tans. Uh, there is a warning, though, uh, in this kind of swimsuit, you don't want to swim. Really? Uh, yeah, the, a backflip into the pool would result in a, a certain, you know, uh, things well, popping out. Malfunction. So, malfunction. windmills yes. themselves. Yeah. Then. yeah. Well, it's just... It'd yeah, be a mishap, wouldn't it, John? It would be. Well... A wardrobe yeah, mishap. Sure. Yeah. I'd rather read a book. I would. I don't care about these itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, little yellow polka dot bikinis. Joe, how would you have handled this? Um, James Cameron went down in the Marianas Trench. Uh, he was going to spend six hours in the ocean floor exploring, but decided to start the ascent to the surface only after two hours and 34 minutes. The time on the bottom was shortened because of a hydraulic fluid leak in the oh, lines wow. controlling the manipulator <laughs> arm. How uh, I, I, he would have opened a window and gone like this. Swam up. He swim. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. A New Mexico woman is facing charges after police say she fled an officer during a traffic stop after telling him, quote, I don't think so. <laughs> Donia County court documents show Ricky Barnett was arrested April 24th. According to court documents, an officer tried to pull over the 41-year-old woman for driving the wrong way on a one-way street in Las Cruces, but she refused to stop. Documents say the officer made contact with Barnett as she stopped at a red light. When the officer showed Barnett his badge, court documents say she responded by saying, I don't think so, and drove away. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> oh, God. She was eventually taken into custody, charged with aggravated fleeing from a law enforcement officer and reckless I driving. bet she is a phenomenal human being to be around. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, good? Yeah, good. I think good? so. I think so. Yeah, I, think I think we're so. good. I think so. Sister For podcast, a... huh? I, I, you should be listening to it. You're a family man. You, you try to get away from your family. I do. We Although, I don't mind your family. No, my family's good. <laughs> you can come over anytime. GarageLogic.com is where you find... All things Garage Logic for the podcast. Hey, check out what Mr. Greg Holcomb has created on the Features button. Just drop it down and you can see the Geo Comics section. Find out what's on Joe's bookshelf at Author's Corner. And again, if you would like to be like Spencer Grunhofer and sponsor this podcast, boy, we'd love to talk to you. Just give us a buzz. Find us all. Rookie at GarageLogic.com. GL Joe at GarageLogic.com, etc. You can find us. Thanks for tuning in. Garage Logic podcast version.